Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 79. And today we are joined by Miss Candice Bryan, all the way from London. Hello, Candice. Hey, Joe, how you doing? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. So excited to have you on the podcast this morning for yeah. you, evening for me. <laughs> so what's the weather like right now in London? Oh, do you know what? We've had such a beautiful summer. It's I've had heard. An amazing, oh, it's been amazing. But today it's just, it's raining. Unfortunately, it's back to the norm. It's raining. I miss, yeah. I miss London so much. I can't wait to come back to London. I really do miss can't it. Can't wait to have you back. Come and fly home. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's just no place like London. I was actually telling someone that today that there's no... I don't think there's any city out there like London. And it was a Spanish guy. And he was like, what do you mean? I lived in London for two years. And I remember being on the train and being smashed up on the train. I was like, come on, but think about it. You loved it, though. He was like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> the misery of it all. But he loved it. So Candice is the CEO yeah. and founder of Noir Wellness, a wellness inclusion strategist, dance fitness instructor, mother of two beautiful children, speaker on a variety of topics, including sports development, and she's an aspiring author. With a cultural heritage richly placed in Jamaica and Barbados and ancestral, and ancestral links to West Africa, Candice identifies as an African-Caribbean sister journeying through the diaspora. Oh, I like that. That's so interesting how, you, how that's described. Over the past 20 years, Candice has worked across community sports, development, health and fitness, and the inclusive fitness sector. Her pursuit for new adventures and experiences with a determination to advance research into understanding the Black British leisure and a traditionally African and Caribbean holistic approach to well-being gave birth to her brand, Noir Wellness. Noir, as we know, is French for? Yes, Black. Black. Exactly. All right. So with a mission to impact, empower, and transform the lives of the African and Caribbean health and wellness community, creating transformative wellness spaces to support the growth and healing of the community through wellness hubs is just one way Noir Wellness is working towards this mission. In a short space of time, Noir Wellness has attracted a reputation for developing a high-quality wellness experience inspired by the tropical islands and the motherland. As a wellness inclusion strategist, you'll have to tell me more about that because I've never heard that before. Wellness <laughs> inclusion strategist. I love that. Candice also offers advice and consultations to other wellness brands, further expanding her reach in helping brands plan and execute projects and programs, gaining more confidence to increase their visibility across the growing sector. Her passion to see others win is embedded in her online rising wellness brands, programs, teachings. A homegirl at heart, lover of all music, African yoga charity fundraising, roller skating, skydiving, and whatever feels <laughs> good to the soul on a mission to leave a legacy for her children and yours too. Welcome Candice to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank okay. you for having me. Yeah, oh, my absolute pleasure. How long have we, we been working on this, Candice, working on this, this conversation? Maybe <laughs> 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 almost three years now. It hasn't been that long. <laughs> no, it hasn't been that long, but we, we've been working on this. So I'm so grateful to have you on. So, Candice, what is a wellness inclusion strategist? That's such a really good question. And, you know, to be honest, I just came up with that title because I felt, <laughs> that, absolutely, I felt that it depicted exactly what I do 
um, in my brand as well as um, outside of my brand as well. So primarily what that is, is that's ensuring that there are certain um, groups, certain groups in society sure. that are included in the wellness space. And sure. that's through planning action or at least um, helping to influence policy. Right, right, right. So um, when, you know, today I saw a post from a lady that I follow and sometimes I do her workout. She's called Puzzle Fit. And she did a post where she included black girl yoga. And for some reason, when you, when you said inclusion, I thought of black girl yoga. And I think it's because I think the founders of black girl yoga said they, they started that practice because they felt like there weren't any spaces where you had black women teaching or doing yoga that's obviously changed and not just with black women but women who are visibly like larger bigger women because you know because it's always been slim women like we have big girl yogi and we see these women who are not traditionally you know the look doing all of these amazing poses and it's you know it's just become more inclusive i think at least visibly more inclusive the, the wellness industry. So I guess that's, that's kind of what you, what you work on, that kind of things. Those kinds yes, of things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about how you got to where you are today. Obviously you, you, you've got a background, you've studied, I think, is it sports? Uh, what did you study? Sports something. So right? I study, yeah, I studied leisure, um, leisure management at uni uh, okay. decades ago now. But um, so, yeah. even before that, my journey um, started in a small little gym um, <laughs> whilst, I was, yeah, whilst I was studying in college. So I, um, I started um, sort of working as a sales, sales, mainly selling memberships, did a bit of reception there. And then I thought, hey, I, I quite like this environment. You know, I was getting paid to literally have fun. So I thought, well, why not train and become a gym instructor? So as you do, and you'll find that a lot of people in the fitness industry kind of have a like pathway. And mm. so my pathway was literally from an administration point of view. And then I kind of turned over to the practical side of things, i.e. doing gym instructing, personal training group um, uh, sessions, uh, dance fitness, et cetera, et cetera. So after working for many years in private and public um, gym chains, I then um, went off to uni mm-hmm. and studied leisure management. And it was, I guess, when studying leisure management, I realized the power of sports development. Mm-hmm. And sports development, in essence, is um, whereby you are targeting um, specific groups to get them to become more active, more physically active in a particular type of sport. So you're trying to increase their participation. Right. And for me, I was, I was really lucky enough to have been given almost like a blank canvas in my, um, what was then uh, a community sports development role. Mm. And within this role, I was tasked with managing um, a health and fitness um, facility Mm. for a school a newly built school so I was managing this facility for the community the school and um, the pupils the students parents etc etc but what was really special about that role is that there were children with disabilities um, within this school and it meant that I was able to really just use my imagination, creativity to really find ways of how to engage children more in curriculum and outside, um, outside school. Um, so that 
really um, allowed me to kind of hone in on the fact that not everybody is able to access sports and physical activity or even leisure, you know, spend their leisure in the same way that everybody else does. Mm. So um, I guess that kind of took me to uh, working on a three-year project whereby um, I was then helping disabled adults to become qualified fitness instructors. Mm. And the whole idea, similar to what you kind of said at the beginning, the whole idea there was to for disabled people to become more visible in the fitness industry and hence encourage other disabled people to then be welcomed into that very same space. Mm. So after working three, three years solidly, tirelessly on that project, I decided there was no better time to birth Noir Wellness. So here we are in 2018 and I'm working on my own now. So yeah, that's kind of been my journey. Oh my goodness. And that's a beautiful <laughs> journey. And I, you know, I feel like um, as I've gotten older, I realize how, not that I, I wasn't cognizant of it before, but I'm realizing how important just health, wellness generally is to me and how important it has been to my mental, emotional and spiritual well-being over the past 20, 30, how many years? Because I remember yes. being 16 years old and running around my block <laughs> you know, and like doing things like that and then do, getting into all the other things. But you don't realize until you sit down and reflect that all the exercising and just focusing yeah. on your body, it does so much for your mind. It's, it's, a, mm. it's a real, it's self-care. It's a real kind of self-care. And it's so and I think, important. And you're so right, because I think, whereas when we were growing up, we, we probably didn't put a label to it. So we probably didn't say, oh, that is wellness. It mm. was just a lifestyle, a way of life. And I think fast forward, as now kind of battling with um, handheld devices, technology, TV, and all of these screens in effect, I think mm. it's, it's become much more difficult. And so now we're having to kind of put it in a box. So mm. as you say, for me, sort of being part of Notting Hill Carnival every year was mm. part of, it was just part of daily life for me. And, and it's only now when I look back, I realise, oh my gosh, that was actually part of, um, you know, part of my, uh, my, my exercise, in essence, you know. So, absolutely, um, absolutely. Really interesting, really, really interesting. So now let's jump into our topic, which is black women or women of colour entering the $3.7 trillion wellness industry. So if you think, if you are a black woman, I mean, this, this, podcast, this podcast series focuses on women who come from or are operating in developing and emerging uh, countries. So if you're black, if you're brown, you know, whatever your background is and you're listening to this and you think there is no space for you, think again, it is worth $3.7 trillion. There is space for you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. And it's um, it's a space, as you say. You know, it's it, it's it's becoming more apparent because we're allowed to, I guess, um, control our own media. So, mm -hmm. Instagram, Facebook, everybody's a reporter. You know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. you know, we all become a reporter. We all become media represent. You know, representatives. But fundamentally, still. When you Google or, or, or type in the word wellness, we're still not seeing a diverse set of images. Mm. When we are, um, you know, looking at billboards or advertisements on television, we're still not seeing anything that has actually a true reflection of the reality that, you know, that surrounds. Um, 
and I, and I think for women of color and black women who are who have got these brilliant, amazing ideas, I might add. You know, there's some really innovative and amazing um, practices and so forth that, that, that are coming up. For these women that have got these ideas, I, I just believe we just we just need to take them just a little bit more seriously, mm. um, because I I believe wellness. I know everybody sort of has their own passion and they're working in their own corner. Mm-hmm. I truly believe within the African Caribbean community, I believe wellness has got the power to do so much more than just um, become visible in the industry. The knock-on impact, I think, is just it's just immeasurable. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Let's begin with this. Let's say you are, I don't know, you're somewhere in in South Asia or in Latin America. I don't know. You could be in Russia and you're listening to this podcast. Not that I have listeners in Russia. I've got to check and see. But anyway, you're listening to this podcast and you're like, you know, you, you know, wellness is your thing. Health, health, exercise, all that stuff. It's your thing. And you, you go on social media and you see all these women and you're like, can I do it? Can I actually do this? Is this my thing? And, you know, they're not entirely sure of how to start or where to begin. Where do they, where do they begin with and, and what do they do first? Mm. I think first, the, first it's about looking at um, your skill set. So looking at, okay, what is it exactly that you want to bring to the table? Mm. Um, what, what sort of area of wellness is it? Is it um, fitness and mind body? Mm. Is it um, the spa, the spa um, sort of space? Is it um, healthy eating, nutrition and weight loss? There's so many sectors within um, the wellness industry that I think first it's about identifying exactly what it is that you want to offer your audience. Mm, Okay, so that's the first step. And then what do you do? Do you just go and start posting things on social media? (laughs) Or do you you get... you can do absolutely i mean it depends on what what it is if you're a blogger and you're just blogging about your experience and you just want to you know you just want to share your your journey then yeah go ahead start start posting but actually you know if it's about you know the technical side of things yeah what i would say and with the brand you know the brands that i work with it's about looking at okay what's my skill set what am i certified to do do I need to actually go and um, upskill myself and, and become certified in, I don't know, um, large therapy? Or do I need to go and get a fitness instructor qualification? So it's about almost doing a recce of yourself and, 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 and looking at the skills and the gaps that you need to fill. Right. But let's, let's go back for a second because we're talking about wellness. What does that even mean? What does it mean to be well <laughs> in, you know, on 13th of August, 2018 what does that mean what does it mean to be well what is wellness about mm-hmm. well usually they they would give you um an overarching understanding of wellness is something um about the state beyond absence of illness so but mm. but it's for me i think I, I i believe that wellness isn't a one size fits all because me feeling well today and all of the aspects that, that, are, that are making me feel this, this way today may not be the same for tomorrow. So, for example, I might be feeling spiritually, I might be feeling, you know, in harmony um, for my spiritual self, but actually, you know, my eating habits have gone out the window. So does that mean I'm not feeling well? Does that mean I'm not feeling um, wellness, optimal? 
wellness. Um, right. It just depends on the person in my eyes. Um, and so for me, I guess wellness is about, I guess, having your mind and your body in, in harmony. Yes, for sure. And, and, I, and, I, and I tend to kind of um, move away from the idea of, of, of balance because I don't know if we can ever actually have yeah i don't I, I don't think there's such a thing as balance i think it just it changes yeah. every day it just changes you know based on what you're going on yeah 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 definitely i mean and there's some days where you you know you're going to be kicking it and you're going to be doing some weeks rather where your your wellness is on point and you're doing everything right mm-hmm. and and then there's other times where you you know you have a sick parent or child or you've got deadlines you've got other things to do and maybe one day mm-hmm. in that week you may have meditated or gone running or whatever your wellness regime mm-hmm. involves and you know that's that's just that's just life really mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. But um, do you believe that, I know I'm talking to you from, from the UK now, so looking at the UK perspective, do you believe that there is an inclusion or inclusive uh, problem with the industry in the UK in terms of black women? I believe that uh, as black women, I don't believe that perhaps we see the value of what we've got to offer um in the sector and and then that therefore brings about an issue of inclusion so whilst we know that um you know mainstream when when we step out into the world we know that there is it's it's dominated by one particular voice Mm. and and we've seen that you know everybody's used to that We, we we understand that but i think sometimes when we talk about inclusion of diversity for me it's not necessarily about becoming included in, in an existing structure. Mm. It's about becoming inclusive within the structures that are already around you. So, so, so in essence, what I'm saying is there are so many black women that I know who are running wellness brands um, yeah. or have been for a number of years, some successful, some not so successful, but actually we're all doing it in isolation. Whereas if we came together and we collaborated, there wouldn't necessarily be a need to be asking to be included in something. It's almost like you're creating your inclusiveness. Does that make yeah, sense? Of course. I, I, I get that. And I've heard that argument before for uh, just various industries. Rather than trying to beat down a door and try to be included, start your own thing. Start your own platforms. Absolutely. Create your yeah. own spaces. Yeah. And, it's, and I mean, I guess that's the, the argument with inclusion is like, do you really want to be included or do you just want to start your own thing? Um, yeah, yeah, I get yeah. that. And so I, I guess when, we, when I look at the UK space and over the years, and this is sort of across sports development, um, across uh, fitness, across um, sort of just physical activity in general, whenever I've attended industry trade events or um, you know exhibitions or whatever, it is predominantly um, sort of spot the other black woman or spot the other person in the room and for me I get really excited because I'm like wow you know yes you know that person's here so they must be following industry trends or whatever but then in the back of my head I'm thinking well we should actually also have our own and that's not to say to be excluding anybody else but there is great learning to be done from collaboration and getting together on the on the same sort of table I think most definitely and I think also we know that when you look at, and again, speaking from a UK perspective, different communities mm-hmm. in the UK suffer from different issues. You know, the South Asians historically 
suffered from particular types of um, health issues that say Afro-Caribbean or, or um, Black African uh, uh, types of people suffer from versus Arabs versus, so I think each community has got its own um, issues to tackle. So if you kind of clump everybody together, that doesn't really work. Uh, looking at fibroids, for example, a lot of Afro-Caribbean women suffer some, from fibroids. So you can't really put everyone together and say we're just going to have wellness as a blanket because each community mm. is different. Each community is different. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Joe. It's, it's, it's exactly that. So it's trying to cater to different audiences um, who, 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 who are obviously able to educate you better on how to cater them. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Definitely. Yes. And now is a perfect time to plug our friends, Lake Health and Wellness, who are Absolutely. doing amazing work on fibroids um, and black women with fibroids. It's amazing all the work that and I know you work with them a lot as well. And that's that's so good because for a long time, you know, you have all these health coaches and wellness individuals working on endometriosis and PCOS but you no one's really been giving a lot of attention to fibroids so I'm really glad yeah. that Lake, Lake Health and Wellness exists. Yeah they are definitely um, paving the way for all of us to follow so we um, linked up with them in year one of running our brand they were actually our chosen charity and then when they migrated as I said earlier you know we decided we were still going to work in partnership and one of our health campaigns is fibroids as a result and Oh, wow. Um, they're doing just some amazing work in St. Kitts and, and we're just literally picking up the baton and continuing on the plight in the UK. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And would you like to share with us then some of the challenges you've experienced um, since entering the wellness industry? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, one of the challenges, I guess, for in terms of, I guess, my own us own personal wellness mm -hmm. is that I kind of battle with anemia um, mm. every so often so mm -hmm. sometimes where sort of my iron levels are really really low I know that I've got to you know change my diet um, you know and start to eat properly um, if I haven't been um, doing so sort of you know that brings on sort of that that challenge for me personally um, obviously raising raising a family is um, that's that's quite a challenge it can be quite challenging um and man i guess managing the family's wellness you know um making sure everybody's well as well as making sure i'm well can be quite a challenge but in terms of business yeah i think what comes to mind first is hmm. and as a black woman as a woman of color as a woman in the uk do you have any specific things that you believe you've encountered which are relative to you as a woman of color, as a black woman, as an Afro-Caribbean woman? I think, I think, um, hmm. no, I, I can't say I have faced any challenges as yet. As I said, um, the space is predominantly dominated by one voice, mm. but I feel, I feel actually... <laughs> a little bit of the opposite and, and I feel like the challenges will come later the big challenges I feel like I have now the opportunity to choose who I need to um, to choose who I collaborate with so all of my business is predominantly related surrounded by um, professionals within my own community if that makes sense yes so yes. I guess the only challenge um, I guess that comes to mind in that sense is um, 
building a team. So building a team of people rather than just freelancers or, or people that I'm collaborating with, actually building a team of um, people who can actually work within the brand. And obviously mm. that's going to come with, with, with um, more years in operation, whereby we can um, you know, have more uh, sustainable financial reserves that are coming in. Um, but we've got a strategy for that, and that is simply targeting um, the younger people who are coming up through college, younger people who are coming up through university and wanting to enter the space. So I would say my main challenge is, I would say, building a team. Building, building a team. Mm. I think that's a challenge for everyone. It's how yeah. do you find people who are as passionate about what you're doing and you know your vision and curating that vision the way you mm. are. I, I don't think you're ever going to find anybody as passionate, but how do you find them? Where do you find them? I think that's a big challenge for everyone looking to build a team, right? Mm. And I think, I think I found a lot of people <laughs> who yeah. I can have literally always got a pool of people who I can say when I'm ready, you know what, would you like to be on the team? But I feel for me, the challenge is, okay, what value can I offer um, at this moment in time, if it's not monitoring, what value can I offer? Um, and how does that impact on their wellness? Because for me, primarily our ethos is that we don't want to um, get somebody on board and make their life a misery because we've got so much work to do and, and we're just going for it. Um, I want them to be well on the journey. So yes. it's about making sure that I've got the um, workplace wellness like on point, first and foremost, so mm. that they can have good experience in working alongside us at Noir Wellness. Yeah. Another area that we see a lot of um, activity in is wellness retreats. So if you're looking ah. to get into this industry, that's a, that's a very popular area, right? Wellness retreats? Yeah, definitely. So wellness tourism. So that's um, another thing that we're actually working on with um, Lake Health and Wellbeing. One of the things between both of our events that we've been hosting for women living with fibroids, hmm. realize that there is a need um, for a space, for practitioners who actually deal with fibroids specifically, um, but for, for women to get away. So we're actually working on a retreat that we're hopefully going to be hosting next year in St. Kitts, specifically for women living with fibroids. Oh, wow. I know. I saw that. And I spoke to, when Abby and I did her podcast, we spoke kind of uh, briefly about that. I don't know how far along you guys have gotten with it, but it sounds really, really exciting. Yeah, we're still working on it. And we're looking at sponsorship at the moment. So we're, we're, we've approached a number of um, key industry um, sort of bodies, if you like, um, for sponsorship. So we've got our fingers crossed. So please have your fingers crossed for us. Yeah, and we're hoping they yeah, I would love year. to attend that. I mean, I, I've suffered. I, I talked about my own fibroids that I've been suffering yeah. from for like umpteen years now. <laughs> I almost forget that they're there sometimes, but I would love to um to attend some. Amazing. Yes. And you know what? We have to say thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your journey about fibroids, you know, your journey with fibroids, because again, that's another another thing that we continuously see is that Women want to hear from other women who have gone through it, who have had the success or who have just, who are just able to share what works, what didn't, and, you know, the wider impacts and implications of the conditions. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share both you and, um, and Abby for Lake, um, a week of Lake, a week, <laughs> Lake Health and Wellbeing. <laughs> I can't even speak because, you know, a few years ago, these platforms were available to me. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, 10 years ago, they weren't available to me when I, when mm-hmm. I first realized I had 2007, 2008, when I first realized I had fibroids. And I think if these platforms were around, it wouldn't have been so lonely for me because it was really, really lonely when you, mm-hmm. you realize you're like, okay, so I'm not dying. These things aren't cancer, but they're in there. What are they? And why do they cause so much pain? And you don't really have anyone to talk to. You feel quite isolated. So it's so important um, that these platforms exist because now you realize, oh, every other woman has something going on in her, in her body, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. One, there's a book I just recently um, finished reading. It's called Woman Code. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Who's that by? Woman Code was written by Elisa Vitti. She's an American. Okay. And she's okay. the founder and CEO of Flow Living. And um, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting book. Um, it's very popular. It's, it's been out for a while. Perfect Your Cycle, Amplify Your Fertility, Supercharge Your Sex Drive, and Become a Power Source. And she really teaches you about like the different cycles of your period and mm-hmm. like you said she really gets into wellness like you talked about having that unison between body and mind and she really breaks down how so many of us are just living on that kind of hamster wheel and we don't realize you are a different person every week of your cycle mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. we aren't taught to understand the different parts of our cycles we are not taught how food affects us how sleep affects us just all the basic things that's why so many of us mm-hmm. are suffering from things like fibroids and PCOS. And it's really, really good. And her approach is all about lifestyle and diet. It's not about being medicated. And that's why mm-hmm. I really, I think that's one of the reasons why her book is so popular. But even like books like hers, health coaches that focus on hormones, they didn't exist 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's funny you should say that because I've only, even for me growing up, I thought, oh, I didn't know a lot of this especially especially about our cycles so even for me now I've come to realize there's a certain week in the month that I just won't plan any meetings yeah because I know I'm not at my I'm I'm not at my peak and I know that there are certain other weeks where my ideas are flowing it's the best time to meet it's the best time to collaborate and actually really understanding yourself throughout those four weeks or that whole month I think is amazing and and so that, that that um book sounds sounds really good yeah, yeah, oh, it's really? a good book. It's a good book. I think I, I recommend uh, people read it. It's really good. Um, what I want to ask you about, I'm really curious about this. If you're, oh, if you want to incorporate your culture or your heritage into mm. into your wellness practice, mm-hmm. how do you go about? How do you think women should go about ensuring that? Because I had a conversation about this on another podcast about the commodification mm-hmm. of culture and how mm-hmm. dangerous that can be. How how well, firstly, what's your take on that? And then secondly, how, how does one go about doing that and ensuring that you maintain the integrity of the culture? So, for example, let's say you are coming from a culture, an Arab culture, somewhere in, in North Africa, the Maghreb, where there's a tradition of doing a particular thing, um, I don't know, for, for periods or, or for, I don't know, something. And you want to incorporate that into your wellness business and blah, 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 blah. How do you ensure the integrity of that so that it doesn't get lost and become like just another fad, like so many things mm. do? Mm. I think it's first speaking to your elders who've actually practiced the traditions whether they're in the diaspora or whether they're at home to really understand the true essence and the true origins of that practice itself I think that would be the first yeah your first point is going to be to go to your elders um, as research because as you say you know it, it wouldn't 
probably you know nine times out of ten it's not documented so speak to your elders that you have access to at the moment to um just just really get a grip on the true essence of that practice or tradition because mm, i mean for example we hear a lot about uh, Mexican Mayan Aztec traditions, everything that they do, wrapping the womb and like all mm. these interesting things. And mm. you see so many people going to these countries and learning these traditions and then they mm. come back to the West and they create these practices and they're becoming very wealthy. And I know me personally, I sit there and I think like, what is this though? Is this, is this a bad mm. thing? Is this a good thing? Because sometimes I feel like these aspects of culture lose their integrity when they become mainstream. I don't know if you feel yeah. that way too. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And in fact, I saw an article recently where there was a Asian writer, Indian writer who was saying exactly the same thing about yoga. The fact oh, that, God, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Perfect you know, example. Look at yoga. Yeah, absolutely. And, and she was sort of saying, you know, that the, the colonized well, um, world of wellness um, just seems to almost disrespect our cultural practices um, without a second thought. You know, mm-hmm. um, we've got things like uh, bear yoga. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of that. What, what's yoga, that? What's that? Bear yoga, where they drink in beer whilst doing yoga. Oh come on! Who came up with that? Absolutely. And so I think I think there is really? an element that can be quite dangerous and can be quite disrespectful in mm-hmm. essence. Um, yeah. I think it's about, I mean, without, it's a, it, it's a difficult one. Um, I think sometimes the best people to actually um, serve and, and produce those wellness practices are the very people that it comes from. I agree. And I think I that's agree. the problem is that we're, we're, we're being appropriated by many other cultures who aren't as close to the culture as they might think they are. Yeah. Um, so I think it needs to come from wherever it's been birthed. That's how you're going to maintain the integrity of it. And that's how you're going to maintain the true essence of it. Yeah. Cause I mean, like as a, as a black woman from the Caribbean, my roots are, are African, right? Like why I would study Ayurveda. I would learn mm-hmm. about Ayurveda, but I wouldn't practice it. You know what I mean? Like to make money off of uh, a profit off of it, because that's not my tradition, but that's just the way I think, you know, mm-hmm. I, maybe because I am a black woman and I'm conscious of that kind of thing. Like I wouldn't, I would learn about uh, the traditions of other cultures, but for my benefit, for my personal benefit and just Mm -hmm. to increase my living. But to say that I would then turn that into some kind of package deal and then sell it and try Mm -hmm. to make money off of it. I I Mm -hmm. find something personally, I find something wrong with that. Maybe because Mm -hmm. I am black and I come from a Mm -hmm. culture that, you know, Caribbean culture mm. is appropriated in so many ways. Okay, so, so many I'm ways. sensitive to that, but mm. I guess there are other people that feel differently, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just how mm. I feel about it, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah. And I think, but 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 even within within your feelings, within all of that, and I and I agree with you. But I also believe that there is such a great opportunity. So, like you say, you know, that you would go where you would learn it personally for yourself but then others would go away and learn it repackage it and resell it back to you now i believe and that's why i I almost think that is the challenges that we're facing as a community stepping into this industry isn't 
kind of the challenges that we that we may foresee that we would usually pick up as can we can we enter it can we no we have an opportunity to create it to actually package these traditions and sell it to our own and to everybody else and mm-hmm. i think it's such an exciting time because we are seeing brothers and sisters who are going away they're going to university they're studying herbalistic medicine but they're putting their own spin on it they want to know from an african perspective they want to now know from a caribbean perspective so i think that there is such a great opportunity now more than ever for black women and men to get into this industry of wellness i just think it's amazing it's an amazing time yeah you know it's it's kind of scary because as somebody from the caribbean you know i grew up with all the Caribbean wellness traditions. But obviously, I don't think of it as our wellness tradition. It's just what we did. And I would freak out if I, if I were to be somewhere in the U.S. or in Europe and see a sign that says, like, come, you know, for a particular Caribbean wellness. And I, I, I don't know. I would, I would just be like, oh, no. It would bother me. It would upset me. And I feel like once people get on it, it becomes mainstream and then it's gone. Yeah. but that's and, and that's the whole thing is <laughs> that it, it everything everything you kind of foresee okay from cannabis oil to um okay, dance fitness, to yeah to aloes to um black oh. charcoal whatever it might be it's already happening and i just feel because it's already happening because we're seeing this world turning let's now invest our time invest you know, our learning, gather the knowledge so that you can rein it in so that you become the producer and not the consumer because it's going to happen. And Mm -hmm. so would we prefer to have, you know, um, maybe a Caucasian woman telling us about Yoni steaming or would we prefer to have a sister telling you about Yoni? Do you know what I mean? It's like reclaim, reclaim the space, reclaim, reclaim the production of these things because like you say you kind of see it as oh it's just something we did mm-hmm. but actually those things that we did and and this is maybe a secondary part those things that we did i believe help to to not only continue healing our community from the trauma that we experienced but they made it that we had traditions mm-hmm. and when we stopped doing those things and we stopped those traditions we therefore stop healing and that's why i said at the beginning i feel like wellness has got so much more of an impact than we foresee so whilst we can package them and resell them actually the underlying subliminal impact is that we're able to now congregate in spaces that we create yeah we're able to share information as professionals whether it's about diabetes, lupus, sickle cell, fibroids, we are able to serve ourselves in that same space. I think there's just so many opportunities under the banner of wellness. Mm, Yeah, and I think also now with, I mean, we know that the wellness industry in Europe is highly developed. Um, The wellness industry in places like India is, is highly developed. I mean, everyone rushes to India to go to the yoga retreats and get the ayurvedic massages and the spa i mean india is it's it's known for that but i think the caribbean um wellness in the caribbean it's always kind of been based on european traditions the swedish spa Mm -hmm. and and so on and so forth but that's actually changing now and like you said there's a lot of 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 scope and room for growth in that area Mm. so what are what are some of the the caribbean or afro-caribbean traditions that um noir wellness focuses on can you tell us more about them 
So at the moment, at this level, what we tend to do is whenever we have a guest that steps into our space, what we try to do is make sure we're speaking to all of the senses. So when you step in, you're going to smell the incense. Okay. When you look around, you're certainly going to see um, images or paintings and um, decor that reflects you. Mm. When you, um, well, more often than not, we do um, post-workout Afrofusion um, canapes, wow. which is uh, produced by our wellness chef, um, Eric Tito. And he would always source ingredients from Africa and the Caribbean specific to that, that particular hub needs. Mm. So again tasting foods and then everybody who's serving you will be from you know of african or caribbean descent so at this level we're speaking to the senses of people coming through the door mm, mm, interesting and um another area i wanted i wanted to mention in wellness mentioning the caribbean is also the traditions of the indigenous people, the first people in, in, in Latin America and the Caribbean. So the Arawakan people and the Caribs and the, the Maroons, I mean, they're African, but, and the Tainos and these people who, Amerindians is, is what, we, what we know them as, who have their traditional medicines that they mm-hmm. have always used. And I know there, um, there's some, some parts of, of, of sort of the Caricom region that are invigorating those and that are using those now. But again, I, I see these traditions and I see them coming and they're becoming more popular and I just get nervous and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to be somewhere someday, somewhere <laughs> in some city and see, oh, come in here and learn Arawakan tradition. <laughs> and... It's, just, it's like it's like when I lived in the US and this guy tried to patent the steel pan. Or I was just like, mm-hmm. what? What do you know about the steel pan? Like, how can you patent the steel pan? Like, you're not even from the Caribbean, and who does that? But an American, an American did that or tried to do it. He's like, I'm going to patent the steel pan. So there are people out there. Wow. Who, yeah, I mean, it's yes. outrageous. It's outrageous. Yes. There are people out yes. there who who do stuff like that, and I I mm. guess what you're saying is. To those women who want to enter this industry, now is the time. Be the keepers of the gate and explore your own traditions and try to find ways to to bring those to life. I guess, Absolutely. but at the same time, being wary of the fact that, um, like you said, it's not when it's it, it's not you know if it's going to happen, but when it's going to happen. Just making sure that the people who are of that culture are at the forefront of those traditions mm-hmm. and not the other way. Not and the, and. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, not, not, not the other way around. And I think for me, I, the nervousness comes from the fact that we're not stepping up and stepping out into this industry. Um, because from a Noir wellness point of view, whenever we put on hubs, we, we, we look out to our network. We look out for the nutritionist that's looking at raw food and, and electric foods and so forth. So we know that we can invest in the skill set that is already out there mm. but, if the, but if people that are already out there don't believe in the value of what they have then it's going to be then that's where I get nervous <laughs> you mm. know it's going to be difficult you know um but why do you think that happens why do you think you said we aren't putting ourselves out there why why not what's going on yeah I think that's a good question I think that there is I, I just don't I feel like we, we're not taking ourselves serious enough I feel like, you know, for the sisters that are creating, um, you know, whether it's from skincare to foods to fashion, 
I feel like we just need to raise our game a little bit better. I take, for example, with Noir Wellness, you know, um, we know that within our community, seemingly, it, it, you know, we have this, this issue about customer service. We take sure it back to its Mm-hmm. We have an issue of customer service, but we don't. We, we never get any ill comments about our customer services. We get the other end of the spectrum. Oh my gosh, you know, I felt so good. You, you know, your volunteers were amazing. And so when we're when we're looking to step up and step out into the industry, it's not just about hey, I've got a product. This is what I'm doing. You know, I'm joining in. You know, I'm, I'm helping the community. It's about okay, the next level. What about your service? Mm. You know value where, where is your long-term vision it's not just for the year this isn't yes we're turning your passion into profit but for how long you know let's really truly look at the long-term vision as i said you know i truly value i always try to work with wellness brands that value legacy that are energetic and that understand the importance of collaboration because one hand can't clap as we said at the very beginning and if we're going to go far we need to go far together so let's value what you're doing but also value what your neighbor is doing and see the crossovers and see how much more power you can be going forward definitely absolutely so what um final words what parting words would you like to leave with our listeners about this topic entering this this industry 3.7 trillion you said right 3.7 trillion the last time I looked. Yes. My goodness, um, my goodness. My goodness. <laughs> passing words. Wow. I would say, you know, I, I, I'm doing this to build a legacy for my children, their children, and, and in generations to, you know, to come because, you know, I, I truly believe my purpose is to help communities across the globe to evolve and grow yeah through through um revolutionizing the health and wellness space and so my one takeaway would be if you truly believe in your wellness brand now is the time to truly step up now is the time don't wait any longer now is the time to really really start to operate in the wellness industry yeah yeah Okay, perfect. And so tell us, where can we find you? What's your website, your social media um, handles, email address, etc. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter as at Candice Bryan. You can also find Noir Wellness simply across most um, platforms at Noir Wellness. That's N-O-I-R-E, wellness, words. Um, and our website is due to go live very soon, and that's noirwellness.com. And if you want to get in touch, if you are a wellness brand owner um, who wants to get in touch, our email address is info at noirwellness.com. Okay, perfect. And is there anything that you need at the moment that you'd like to share with us? Maybe you're looking for something, a collaboration, a partner, anything at all? Oh, good question. Um, yeah. At the moment, what am I looking for? Gosh, oh, at the moment. <laughs> no, um, let me see. I'm just looking for other wellness brand owners who are ready, who are ready to step out into this industry and who want me to help them um, to gain more confidence, to plan and execute their projects and programs. If, if that is you, if that sounds like you, then get in contact. Absolutely get in touch. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, I just want to thank you before you go for all the work that you're doing in this industry. I love, I'm absolutely obsessed with social media. I love it. I'm one of those people that when I hear people say, oh my God, I hate social media. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I love it because I learn so much. And what I love about social media, no, seriously, like I see all these women from all these backgrounds, like Arab women, Somali women, Chinese women, Indian women, like Caribbean women, black women getting like doing wellness, you know, like hijabi women, like with their hijabs, like in the gym working out and showing other women how to be well. And I'm so inspired because it's like so many women are just getting on board and they want to be healthy and they want to be fit. And like, like we, like we've been talking about, these are women who have not traditionally been in these spaces and you know, mm. you're a part, you're a part of this community now that's growing this culture of women of color, women who have just not traditionally been seen as, Oh, you know, yes. working out or being healthy or being well. And I just want mm. to thank you for, for everything that you're doing in this space because you know um representation matters and there's somebody out there who needs to see you to be frank yeah yeah thank you so much thank you for having me i really appreciate everything that you're doing also my absolute pleasure and do come back on again would love to interview you again and and hear more about what you've got going on that would be amazing thank Yay! you so much joanne Thank you so much. <laughs> so until next time, rare ones, that is all. And I hope you have learned something and you all know where you can reach Candice, how to get in touch with her. So please do reach out and follow her in social media and just stay up to, up to par with everything that she's got going on. All right. So bye for now.